I read this at three o'clock this morning. I did, and I thought I'm going to read this in church this morning. Uh, a little notification came up on my iPad. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, it says this: Happy 39th anniversary, love of my life. It's off Twitter, so love of my life at Casey Treat. Your willingness to always go the extra mile has kept us on the victory side of life. Wendy. So I don't know how many of you know of or have heard either Casey or Wendy Treat speak, but they are both very, very good. They have a very, very uh, large church in Seattle, Seattle Faith Centre in America, and they're a wonderful couple. And uh, I just... I just kept thinking and thinking and thinking after I read it. Not so much about uh, 39 years, that's great, but uh, we're, we're a year ahead of them, you know, like a <laughs> uh, lot more experience. But no, only joking. But, uh, uh, you know, Casey, is, you know, as I say, pastors a huge church. It's been very successful, but his claim to fame previously was that he was a drug lord. He, he was a drug dealer. He sold drugs. You know, like, that was his claim to fame. Entrepreneurial and, you know, like, in, yeah, just he was a horrible person. And Jesus got hold of him and, and married 39 years to the same lady. Both love each other, carrying out the will of God in their lives. Like, I reckon that's awesome, you know. It's just... Another, just, um, it's another wedding anniversary, I know, but it's just another thing that makes me remember the, the saving grace, the saving power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It's amazing. And so don't ever, 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 ever write someone off. You can't do that. Because as bad as anyone may seem, you you don't know what the grace of God is able to do in anyone's life. Amen? It's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. So praise God. Why don't we, uh, why don't we pray and uh, ask God's blessing on the word because I uh, mightn't be able to preach like Casey Treat, but I don't care who preaches unless God anoints the word, well... Uh, that's what makes the difference, doesn't it? And uh, I would never get up here thinking, man, I know what we're doing today. I know what's required. I know what God's put on my heart. But, Lord, we come to you this morning because we need the leading of your spirit today. Lord, every word that's spoken, Lord, the thoughts that we share, the, the, the verses of Scripture, Lord, I just pray that you would impart them as is needed today. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Praise God. So I've been preaching the last two or, three, or a couple of weeks about uh, Israel's journey from Egypt to the promised land, Canaan. And um, preaching about the cloud that led them and uh, how God led them. And uh, there was visible, visible form of God in the cloud and... Uh, his presence, the, you know, the angel of the Lord was in the cloud, the presence of God, the spirit of God was in the cloud, fire by night, uh, cloud by day, it was a wonderful thing and 
As we preached last week, it was so simple. When the cloud began to move, they upped and packed their tents and moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped and camped. And uh, seemingly, in some ways, it was a, uh, an, an easy time to follow God. It was quite easy to see and follow. But God is just as easy to see and follow today, too. His, his presence lives within us. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But sort of just want to finish the, this little thing of messages off. Uh, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, you know that they left Egypt, the blood was applied to the doors, the, the lintel and the doorpost, the blood of the Passover lamb, type of salvation, the Red Sea is a type of baptism. Uh, they couldn't get through the sea, they just had to be obedient and follow. And uh, God made a way, and it's uh, obedience, it's, it speaks of water baptism. If uh, you haven't been water baptised, come and see me because we could include you next week as well in our water baptismal service. And when, when are we getting carpet? Not quite yet? Yeah, that's what I thought. We, we could, instead of doing it, we're going to do them out there and they work really well, but man, who cares if the carpet gets wet now? We might not, yeah. We give it a send-off and, yeah, <laughs> wet it and, <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll work that out. But you, if you haven't been water baptised, you need to, and uh, it's a powerful thing to do, a step of obedience, and they're always powerful steps. And uh, so they uh, were on a journey to the promised land at Canaan, and they uh, rebelled against God, they didn't trust God, they wouldn't trust him, they grumbled and grizzled and... They had the incident when Moses sent the spies to spy out the land and they brought back a very, well, they brought back the correct report about the land. It was a wonderful place. But, oh, there's these enemies and these big cities and we've got no match for them and we can't do this and we might as well go back to Egypt and sob, sob, sob. And only two, Joshua and Caleb, stood for him and said, let's go up and take it because God's able to give us the land. But majority ruled. And so they wandered around until that generation died out and God was also doing a work in the hearts of the new generation. And uh, so finally today I want to just pick up in Joshua chapter 3, verse 2, and they're just ready to enter the land of Canaan, to cross the River Jordan. And it reads like this, So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. So after 40 plus Years They're just ready to cross the River Jordan and go into the land that God promised way, 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 way back to Abraham. Remember Abraham on the, on the same east side of the Jordan up in the mountain country, looked over the land and God said, yeah, turn around Abram and look. As far as your eye can see, I'm going to give you the land. God's promises always come true. Amen? 
and here's his kids years later. I love what Beth said this morning. I believe in generational salvation. Amen? And uh, I'm loving experiencing that in our family. And if it's not been your experience, man, believe God for it today. Amen? They talk about generational curses. Well, that can go get lost as far as I'm concerned. I'm into generational salvation. Amen? I believe in it. So speak it into your house today. Praise God. So they're ready to cross the river. Can you tell me what's missing? What, 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 what's missing from the last few weeks? There's no cloud. Where's the cloud gone? Scripture doesn't tell, tell us exactly when the cloud stopped, but there was no cloud. And uh, uh, the officers Joshua sent throughout the people didn't say, when you see the cloud start to move across the river... You just head into the river. That, that's not what he said. Uh, this was different. Uh, he said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, when you see the presence of God carried by the men who appointed the priest, appointed to do it, you follow that, but at a distance because you need to see where they're going and you need to be able to follow them. This was different from what they had experienced so far. And... Uh, uh, the Red Sea, they were unable to get across it. There was no way they could have done anything. It was simply God leading them miraculously. On this occasion, it was different. The priests representing the people had to step down into the water. And the water's flowing and it's fast at that time of the year and they had to step in. In faith, believing the word of God that something would happen to stop this river because the people were going through. It was different. It took something on their part this time. And uh, uh, the priest and, and the presence of God and talks of intercessory prayer to me and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the uh, yeah, by faith, stepping into the water and seeing God perform a miracle. So I, I just want to talk a little bit today about the Red Sea and about Jordan, about the Jordan. What is, what is the difference? What is the crossing of the Jordan and entering the land of Canaan all about? <clears throat> Some will say it's a new generation and they have to get baptised too. But uh, as a type, I don't see that um, myself. Um, if, if it was that, every generation would have had to come back and go through and cross over again. And you know what I mean? It just doesn't fit the type so much to me. I, I think it's a renewing of the covenant, if you like. It's, it's, a, it's a, a sign of reaching a level of maturity where they're able to obey God and walk into the water and do as God leads them in a new and more intimate way. Nothing like we experience today. But it, it talks of the beginning of a, of a spiritual maturity that we've all got to get to. That we've all got to get to because we can't stay babies all our Christian life. And to call someone a baby Christian is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. Man, people come to Christ, praise God. Let's do it, you know. Um, uh, it's the way it is. Um, but, uh, but we've got to grow. And uh, see that little baby, uh, uh, Jamie and Mix there this morning and Tiny, she's about that long and you think, wow, was I like that once? Unbelievable. But, and it's beautiful to see, but if in 30 years' time it was just the same, it would be, 
different. I mean, they'd be a bit longer and different and, you know, like, yeah, you wouldn't want it, would you? you we need to grow, we need to mature and that's what we've got to be working towards. And uh, so I don't see it as is a, a water baptism. I, I had a dear old auntie who used to say it was uh, going to heaven. It was crossing the Jordan and entering heaven's fair land and she longed for Canaan. But there, there was walled villages there. There were strongholds there. There was enemies there. When I go to heaven, I'm expecting a mansion. Is that what Jesus said? In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and get you and take you to be where I am. Praise God. I'm not expecting to have to get the battle gear on again and start praying and fighting enemies in heaven, you know. It, it's not that to me. I reckon it's the promises of God now. It's, uh, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven now. And we've got the power to pray that and see that today. All the promises of God, and they're immense. Read the Bible. There are immense, immense promises. You know, I don't know how many. I've never actually worked out how many promises there is, but there's lots and lots and lots. And we live in a day now where we can possess those promises, like generational salvation. Man, get hold of it and pray it into your family. Amen? By the grace of God, that, that's what his grace is. It's the resources of heaven available, to now, available now to each believer by faith. And uh, it's such a very, 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 very powerful thing. To me, it's a, it's a big step of faith. It's a, a place of obedience, a level of spiritual maturity. It's a sign that Israel had finally got Egypt out of them. Because although they walked out of Egypt... And they walked out of the Red Sea. And, and the Egyptians tried to follow them and got wiped out in the sea. Think, well, praise God, that's the end of it. But it wasn't because Egypt was still in here. Oh, I wish we'd go back there. And have you. Oh, it's just longing for something that was horrific, but they longed for it because it wasn't good when they were there. They're crying out to God to get them out. When they got out, they're crying to go back like it was crazy. And so it's the same with Christians today. We, can, we make a decision. We're going to follow Christ, but we've got to get the world out. We've got to start seeing victory of the flesh, uh, of, the, of the spirit realm of us over the flesh. We've got to see change in our thinking and, and renewal in the way we think to line up with the way God wants us to think. And we've got to start to see that happen. And so it's those things I really, really want to uh, uh, speak about today. So I just see it as a, as a, as a renewal of covenant, and I'll explain a little bit more of that. Uh, it's making a decision that it's like kicking the line in the sand and saying, that's it. I'm sick of being a baby Christian. I want to grow up. I want to become a youth. I want to become an adult. I'm going for it. I'm, I'm going to believe the promises of God. Amen? I'm going to possess them for me and for my family and etc 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 it's that type of thing that I see here and so um, we, we need to get to a point where we don't want anything to do with the world you know what I mean like oh do you think this is right do you think Christians should do this I can't see it hurts you know it's a bit awful but wouldn't go right into it just well why do we want to touch it you know, like uh, just clear boundaries. I, I, I like read you these verses. This is out of First uh, John, 
Chapter 2, you will all know the verses, I'm sure. Verse 15, John wrote, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from his world, from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does the will of God, anyone who does what pleases God, will live forever. So I'm not saying today that you're not, you, 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 you've got to go away and become a hermit and just have nothing to do with the world, sell your car, sell your TV, sell your house. I mean, there are people who have done that. I'm not preaching that stuff to you today. I've got a very close relative, I won't name anyone this morning because it's podcast who sort of gets that way a little bit and any time he, <coughs> they uh, hear a message on anything like that, we get a new telly and get whole lots of good CDs given to us and stuff because I've got to get the world out of me and so he gives them to me and I don't mind playing them. Because uh, I couldn't give a rip, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, how, how do I explain it? If you were in a coach today, in, a st- in an old horse-drawn coach, you know the stage coaches, Cobb and Co? And you were, you were travelling up here from Melbourne and, uh, and uh, uh, Ben Hall, or he wasn't in Victoria, was he? Uh, uh, Harry Power pulled a pistol out and held the coach up and said, your money or your life, what would you do? So, oh, my money's important, shoot me, don't, don't touch my money. I mean, your life is more important than your money, isn't it? You know what I mean? That's what I mean. I don't mean to be stupid about it, but, man, I love my bike. I love riding my motorbike. It's a fantastic thing to do, Dave, isn't it? Like, nothing better. And Yeah, praise God, I don't mind having to hit a golf. I don't mind enjoying my family and my grandkids and my wife and, you know, like, yeah, praise God. But when it all comes down to it, Jesus is the most precious thing that I've ever got. Amen. Like, I'd love that communion message this morning. We need to personalise that he died for me. It's not just us, it's me personally he died for. And, uh, and we just, you know, like, it's no good being so heavenly minded that we're useless either. But understand what I mean we need to have a focus on him what we get in him is permanent we're going to keep it forever amen praise God and so uh, we really need to be focused on God uh, uh, well for the rest of our lives how do I put it so so may I just share some points about the journey uh, to the Jordan and into Canaan and uh, these are in no particular order of importance they're probably not actually even in chronological order but some of them are just as they sort of came to me and so first one a question number one how long does the journey take to get from water baptism to walking into the promises of God and possessing it that's entirely up to you Let, let me read you what I consider to be a sad verse two sad verses Deuteronomy chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 Moses wrote this, It is 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, 
on the first day of the month that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to them. So 40 years, 11 months, days later, they finally come to where it would have taken 11 days' journey. I don't know whether they could have done it in 11 days. I mean, you know, God has to work in us. We've got to learn to trust him. Like, we've got to learn to trust him more and more and more at greater and greater levels. If you want to do amazing things for God, you're going to have to learn to trust him in amazing ways, I tell you, because that's what it takes. You know, what do they say? New levels, new devils. And so you need to trust God in more powerful ways than what you've done previously. Like, the challenges will get greater. They won't diminish. But, you know... Why go around in the wilderness, around and around and around and around? I get around. That sounds like the Beach Boys, doesn't it? Yeah, around and around. I, you know what I mean. Uh, the journey, it, it's up to us. It's up to us. And sometimes we just need to make a decision. Lord, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to step up. I'm going to do something. I don't want to be spoon-fed. I, I mean, I want to go for it. I want something here. I want something bigger. I want something better. Uh, sometimes it takes that. And, uh, you know, they, they were given manna and they were given quail and everything was loaded on them like on a, on a spoon-feeding a baby. I'll get to that a bit later on. But, uh, you know, the journey can be as long or as short as we like. Really, I know Christians who have never matured. You still blame God for tiny little things that happen and tires flat. Oh, God, why do you let this happen? He never does anything. And you think, come on, come on. Tires get holes in them, you know. <laughs> like, why is it God's fault? Why is it the devil's fault even? You know, people, we invented nails. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, <laughs> like, fair go, fair go, Joe. I, I don't know. I know another man who was an absolute drunk. And he got saved and he pastored a church two years later, like just got in. He nearly burnt the words off the page of his Bible. He just got into it and went after God in such a passionate way and changed like you wouldn't believe. Was he more talented? I don't think so. I just think he had this burning desire. He'd seen the world. He'd been drunk as anyone had ever been drunk. Mate, he'd been all the places the world goes. And he was so fed up with it, he'd seen he met Jesus and that's all he wanted. <laughs> like he's, He'd seen the contrast and he was just wanting to go after it. And so the journey can be as long as we make it. Number two, always remember what God has done for you personally. I've touched on that just a little uh, this morning. But when uh, Israel crossed the Jordan, uh, we read about uh, this in um, Joshua chapter 4. Uh, and I just want to read vo- uh, three verses, four to seven. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder. So we're not talking little stone, we're talking something that needed to be got up and placed on the shoulder, Okay according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean? Why are these stones here, Dad? Hey, Mum, what's, what's this about? 
that uh, when they ask in time to come, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. I reckon those stones are what communion is to us. That, you know, forever and ever and ever, they, that was set up there as a, as a monument. And when the kids would say, hey, what's that? Well, our God, he, he, mate, he stopped this river from flowing. And the whole nation walked across like it was awesome. Wow, really? Did God do that? God did greater things than that. Go tell them about the Red Sea and everything else God did. It was, a, you know, a reminder of what God has done. And it needs to be personal. It needs to be personal. Like it's, it, it's no good having a corporate view of the cross of Jesus Christ and the shed blood and, and all that it means. It's got to be personal to me. I, I read it, you know, the Easter thing at times and it just makes me cry because he did it for me. It's not like he did it for the world. He did, but he did it for me. And if you see it personally, it will help you to grow and it will help you to appreciate and remember what God did for us. But may I draw your attention to another verse, verse 9. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they're there to this day. I'm not arguing, I've never been there to see, but it says they were there. So people, I've, if, go and get Bible commentary and read this and was there 12 stones or only 12 or was there two lots of 12? I reckon there was two. That's just as I see it. I think they were out on the bank as a memorial and I reckon symbolically there was 12 stones buried in the river and that's the past, that's Egypt, that's the years of grizzling and grumbling. That's just, it's buried, that's it. It's done with. Man, I, I want victory over the flesh, over that, that old nature and, and there symbolically it's buried there and that's it and we're walking in, in and renewing the covenant and uh, you know they're now actively going to possess the promises of God and uh, that's what I see the, 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 the two lots of stones uh, that's what I believe as far as I can figure scripture and uh, we've got to remember what he's done for us amen we really 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 do number three crossing the Jordan is about us realising the problems of the old nature and, and being mature and dealing with it. Uh, uh, Joshua chapter 3, starting at verse 15. Sorry, these are going back and forth a little bit. But as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, this is the priest walking in, and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows its banks during the whole time of the harvest. See, this was different than the Red Sea. There was a dry path through the sea and they walked through it. Might have been scary seeing the water heaped up like that and thinking, whoa, I hope God sort of holds this here while we get through, you know, otherwise we're doing a, we'll beat that bolt fella. We'll, man, we'll be going like lightning, yeah. And if the water comes, we'll be swimming like, what's his name, you know, yeah, we'll get through here somewhere, but... This was a real thing of faith, wasn't it? They had to step down. It's symbolic of the presence of God in us. Sometimes we've got to do that, haven't we? God calls us to do something. Oh, God. And you put your foot in the water and it's halfway up your leg. And you think, oh, God, you've got to come through. 
Lord, I trust you. Say, Lord, I worship you, yeah. And it stops, amen? It takes a real lot of faith, but that, it's beautiful. It's great stuff. But they, uh, verse 16, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is besides Ariton. So the waters went down into the Sea of Arabah, the salt sea failed, and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Isn't it interesting that the water got heaped up at Adam? <laughs> Adam, the first man. That's the first instance with the first man where the nature, that, that human nature chose over what God had commanded and disobeyed God. And it's where it all went wrong for humanity, really, in Adam. But the water stopped at Adam and let them walk through into the promises of God. And folks, I don't care what the past has been, we can deal with it. Amen? We need to move across the river and start to possess the promises of God. Number four, never be afraid to renew covenant with God. Crossing the Jordan, to me, is about renewing covenant with God. I... I, I just, you know, odd times in my life I can remember and um, so you don't know who I'm remembering or what but I remember uh, people and so I'm not thinking of people from here today um, although it has happened but uh, I remember a young fellow coming to me once and said, oh really, God's been talking to me tonight during that message and I, oh I just need to get my life right with him again, I just... I've just fallen in a heap. I just need to get the wheels back on. I just, I really felt like I just needed to come out and recommit. And I thought everyone will think, well, he's already got saved. What's going on? Well, you can't let that thinking rule you. <laughs> Does that make sense today? If you need to respond to God, you need to do that. And uh, don't ever be scared of renewing your, 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 you know, your faith, your covenant with God. Uh, I don't care what anyone thinks. You say that, don't you? Yeah, Pam, Pam, Pam says that. You don't care what anyone I said, no, I don't. <laughs> See, yeah, I went to, where did I go? I went to Shamindri's wedding and I just wore braces, you know. She can't wear them. I said, yeah, I can. It's either that or my pants will fall down, I mean, one or the other, I don't care. I don't give a rip. <laughs> I do not. I, I, I'll, wear, I'll wear pink boots and a purple top, if you like. I mean, it just, I don't care what anyone thinks. It just doesn't bother me anymore. It's the worst jail to be in, wondering what everyone will think, isn't it? Remember my girl cousins where I grew up. They're beautiful girls. They're gorgeous-looking girls, all of them. They, and uh, beautiful um, people. They're really, but yeah. And I remember my uncle saying one day, I've got to go into town, something's broken on the baler. And I, oh, can we go with you, Dad? We want to drop it. Yeah, right in the car. Oh, no, we can't do that. We've got to get dressed. And they, I mean, they look fine, but oh, no, we can't go into town. We've got to put these on and that. I'll have to put me makeup. You're either coming now or you're not going, oh, it's not fair. And that, but, you know, like, who cares what people think? If you've got to respond, you've got to respond. Hey, Joshua chapter 5. Verse 2, at that time the Lord said to Joshua, make, this is after they've crossed the river and they're now camped on the plains opposite Jericho. 
make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Kibbeath Haraloth, I think. So if you're a bloke here today, don't panic, we're not going to do it. Uh, it's not, not what we're talking about today, okay? But circumcision was the sign of the covenant. And, and, and in the Old Testament time, that was, you know, uh, that was the sign of being a Jew. The covenant was with the Jews. And, and so what's the, co- what's the sign of the covenant now? We're water baptism. And uh, I think you can see a Christian anyway, like we should be able to tell us, happy people, shouldn't you? But, but um, they neglected to do it during their wilderness wanderings. And God said, I just want you to renew this. I just want you to do what you should do, be obedient to me. And it was about renewing the covenant. And there's times I just think we need to do that because I don't know, is it only me? But how many times have you promised that you would never do something again? And you do. You know, I was going to stop using sugar and coffee about 10 years ago. I sort of haven't quite got there. <laughs> I've had to go back into rehab several times to get off Coca-Cola and, uh, you know, like a times I'm never going to touch it again, Brian, never, ever. They go, oh, man, it tastes so jolly nice. You get the world in, you've got to get it out, don't you? That's what we've been talking about. But, but there are times I think we need to just, yeah, Lord, I just want, I just want you again. I just want you again. I, I just, just want you afresh in my life. I need fresh vision. I just need fresh touch from you. And at times we need that. And so um, they did. They were obedient and they experienced victory at Jericho, did they not? And so I challenge you today, bury your past. Like if, if it's still rare in its head, just get a shovel. There's one out in the shed that belongs to Dave. He'll lend it to you. We'll dig a hole out there and bury it. I mean, I wish it was as simple as that in some ways. But, you know, make a decision. You're going to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, what does it say? Walk in the Spirit. You will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. Sometimes you've just got to make a decision and you've got to stick to it. And, and, and God will help you do that. And you can blame your past, your parents or your pastor or your husband or your wife or your kids or your job or anything else you like you can blame any silly demon you like but none of them will you can bind them all up and you've got to start doing what the word of god says and if you say any one of those things stops you doing it well then you have no choice and that is not right you always have a choice whether to obey or not it's pretty simple the worst demonized bloke i ever know was called legion And when he saw Jesus, he ran and knelt at his feet and not one of them things could stop him. Sometimes we just got to make a choice and we've got to say, hey God, I'm going your way. Really, really powerful thing to do to make a decision. Praise God. Galatians 5.1, I love Galatians. Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And don't get tangled up again in a yoke of bondage. If we got out of something, just out never go back to it praise god never ever ever go back to it i think uh, 
if I may just finish off with these thoughts, uh, we've got to grow spiritually. We really must. We've got to take responsibility and trust God for ourselves. That's really the thrust of the theme of the message this morning. And uh, you just got to do that. You've got to, you know... I remember I uh, got a job when I was a, uh, I was only 10 year old. I can't believe I started working when I was 10 doing paper round. Um, uh, it was a different day, I suppose, wasn't it? But get up in the freezing frost and ride your pushy down to the news agents in the morning. And I bought my first motorbike, a BSA, a C11250. I bought it with paper round money when I was 11 years old. And I won't tell you what Dad did when I wheeled it home, but anyway, it was big trouble. But uh, I remember one morning I slept in and I got into trouble and uh, off, the, off the boss. He said, if you do that again, that's it. And, uh, and so I did what most, well, I shouldn't say this. I know none of you people here today would do this, but I did what... All the other people outside Life Church would, would do. It was not my fault I slept in. Dad didn't wake me. He said, no, you, you, you think you're smart enough to go working and making money and buying motorbikes. Well, then you need to start taking responsibility for your own life. You've got an alarm clock, set the jolly thing and wake up yourself. I thought, that's cruel saying that to a little 10-year-old. But I realised I had to start doing it or I'd lose my job. Like there comes a point where you've got to start taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah. Is that right? Remember a bloke turning up at work and uh, was working up at Mayday Hills at Beechworth and he was from Wangaratta, LH Brown, he was working for him. Got up there, we had morning tea, smoko, and his lunchbox wasn't in his bag. And uh, it was his wife's fault. <laughs> I said, why? Why is it her fault? <laughs> it's, your, it's your lunchbox. And, um, yeah. Oh, oh, don't get like us. Well, no good blaming your wife. You left at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there comes a time when we've got to stand up and we've got to start taking responsibility ourselves. And, like, you know, I can read you in Corinthians and Hebrews and Peter where... Uh, each of the writers of those books talk about feeding babies milk. Paul says, I'm just, I wish I could give you something solid, but you're just not growing. You know, you're not maturing spiritually to where I can really get into the things I need to be teaching you because you need to grow up. And uh, uh, Paul, uh, sorry, Peter's saying as newborn babes, have the milk but grow. So you can grow. I want you to grow. And then you get onto the solid stuff later. So um, let me finish just with this scripture today. Joshua 5.10. This is over the Jordan. This is now camped in the land of Canaan that God had promised to them. Joshua 5.10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month. I love scripture being so detailed, don't you? People say, well, how can you believe the Bible, blah, blah, blah. It's detailed down to 40 years, 11 months and so many days that they wandered in the wilderness. It, it wasn't sort of thousands of years ago this happened. It was on the evening of the 14th day of the month. They camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho 
the, uh, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. So you can work out when the pastor is, pass, Passover is, when the pastor is. You won't work this pastor out. Where the Passover is, it's in our autumn. It was in the uh, northern spring. You can work out the time if you want to go and do that. They celebrated the Passover in, in the land of promise. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year, they ate the produce of Canaan. So while they were learning, while they were learning and maturing and learning to trust and, and, and God was leading them and they're just learning more and more to trust him, he fed them. He fed them the manna. And remember the quail used to come at evening. It would have been a nice time to have a 12-gauge double barrel, wouldn't it? I would have, I would have liked it, <laughs> shooting the quail. And uh, they had to knock them down with sticks, I think. But God, God fed them. God looked after. God provided. And I tell you what, you can be as mature as you like and on the road as much as you like as long as you like. But if something happens to you where you need God to do that, he still will. Amen. God God doesn't say, nah, that's it, you're mature. Go and if you die, that's not my problem. God is not like that. God will still do that. But by and large, when we, we need to start stepping into the river ourselves. Amen. We need to be sowing and reaping and getting the principles of God working in our lives. And... Uh, so the produce stopped, the manna stopped, and uh, they ate the produce of the land that year. There was no more cloud, but the Spirit of God was in the ark. Amen? The presence of God was in the ark of the covenant, and they needed to learn to trust. Yeah, and we do too. Amen? That little still, small voice. Sometimes it's a loud loud voice <laughs> sometimes it's very very still small voice but if we're aware if we know it we will hear the voice of God praise God God's doing some great things isn't he he's doing some great things we went around to see Jeff and Justine the other day and, and uh, this guy amazes me he uh, I should expect nothing less of him because he used to race motorcycles. So what do I need to say? Just the most brilliant people in the world we are. <clears throat> uh, but we, we'd missed a couple of our studies, haven't we? We, we, we just, we've been busy and they have been busy. And, and the new Christians, uh, Jeff and Justine, only a few weeks. And I thought, I need to get going with the new Christian study. And, you know, we need to get on to water baptism and so Jeff sat down he said I want to talk to you about this water baptism he said I've done all the scriptures I've looked them all up and I want to book in and I said well okay well we're there okay so so um uh, so we booked in next week okay that's that sounds cool for Jeff and Justine it's going to be a great day God's been blessing them they're good people I'm telling you and and then Jeff said now this baptism in the Holy Spirit I want to book in for that too and I said, really? Well, that's fantastic. 
And uh, he said, because you've got to wait till after the... I said, no, you don't. You, if you want that now, you can have that now. <laughs> and uh, I said, are you willing to praise God out loud? He said, yep. So we'll come on. We laid hands and prayed for him. And you want to hear him now? He said to me last week, every time in church that I started talking in tongues, he did too. Like, it's like that, isn't it? You can't stop. I love that. love seeing God change people and empower them. And I just love that. But God's calling us to maturity. Amen? This world needs mature Christian people. Filled with his grace, filled with his love. That's what our town needs, doesn't it? It's what the world needs. Praise God. So what are we doing today? We're growing up. Is that right? Yeah. No more little tantrums. Is that right? Who's, who, who was it? Who was someone telling me? or I'm not sure. Uh, someone told me that, yeah, someone's child. I don't know if it's someone here or where it was, but they threw a little willy in the supermarket. You know, Rah! I want this. You can't have it. And kicking on the floor. So the mum got down and started doing the same thing. <laughs> the child sort of thought, this is embarrassing, got up and walked off and left him. So <laughs> I don't know that I would have gone that far, but anyway, <laughs> I would have invited the child out to the car and where the government wasn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did that to your son in law one day, Bright. <laughs> Put him in the Datsun Ute. By the time I got around the driver's side, he'd got out. And, Mate, give me a break. <laughs> so, so he got the, he got the, yeah, he got it. <laughs> and got around the hop in, he got out again. So we, <laughs> do you remember that day, buddy? <laughs> he does. <laughs> You're not scarred or anything? I said, no. Was I right in doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Uh, praise God. Why don't we stand this morning?